All right, everybody, welcome to week number two of a three and a half part series uh, we're calling Made for Mondays. I'll get into week number two here in just a moment, but let me say again how grateful I am to see you today and uh, look at look at somebody you came to church with or somebody across church and just smile real big at them. If you're at church online, just smile at your family, whoever's, or maybe you got some friends around for a watch party, maybe you're at the beach somewhere watching on a phone. You don't get to smile because you're at the beach and we're not. And, uh, wherever you're joining us today, uh, I just want to tell you how thankful I am. I really am. Everyone at Church Online, thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for inviting somebody to watch along with you, even when you can't be in the room. And I know there's a lot of different reasons why. There's sickness in our church and sort of gives you a chance to stay connected to church life. There's some people who maybe you're still vulnerable in this season and uh, feel like it's the best move for you and your family to join us online. You're still part of our church family, and I'm so glad that you are here. And to everyone who's joining us in person, thank you. And I really do mean that. I thank you for putting God first. Thank you for being faithful and consistent. And thank you for bringing somebody along with you. Uh, there's just something powerful about it. You know, I said this last night. I, I posted this last night, and, and I really do mean this when I tell you. I really, yesterday, I felt like the Lord told me, you, you remember all that stuff you said in quarantine about how you, would, you wouldn't take for granted that when you got to go to church and you got to worship and you got to preach again in a live room and, and you got to be with God's people, you wouldn't take any of that for granted. And the way I talked to God is I said, yes, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I remember, I remember I said all that. Okay, well, do that. Show up tomorrow. Show up full of joy tomorrow. Be excited that you get to be together with God's people tomorrow. Come on, everybody. Be happy we get to be together. Let's do it with joy. It's not a drudgery to be here. Come on, church isn't to be endured. It's to be enjoyed, everybody. God's presence is to be enjoyed. And the people of God are to be enjoyed. And I just want you to know how grateful I am. Many of you are still... Uh, uh, joining us online, but I know you're coming. I know that you are. I would love to invite you, and I'd love for you to bring somebody with you. We are three weeks away from the biggest and best series we do all year long, and honestly, there was a time this year I wasn't certain we were going to get to be together for At The Movies, and if we were, I didn't know what it would look like, but I am so excited. We are three weeks away from At The Movies, everybody. It's the biggest and best thing we do. If you've never been to At The Movies, let me tell you, we take a blockbuster film, and I mean block, matter of fact, this year we have a, a I'll, I'll tease you, we never tell you what movies they are, don't, don't, you can't bribe my, well, you could bribe my staff, just don't do that, but don't, don't, we, we never tell you, but I mean, we're playing a movie that was released this summer, I mean, that's how blockbuster, like brand new, uh, and, and we play uh, selected clips out of that movie, and then I preach biblical and spiritual truth out of those clips. You say, well, that doesn't sound very biblical or spiritual. It really is. It's like a modern-day parable. Jesus used to do this all the time. He would just tell a story, and the, he would say, the kingdom of God is like, and then he would tell this long story, and, and then would teach a spiritual truth. That's a parable. That's what we do every November at, at the movies. We tell a story uh, using a Hollywood film, and then I preach spiritual truth around it. And I would love for you and your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers. And here, I'm going to make it easy for you. Today, when you leave, our team has thousands of invitations for you. I want you to take a fistful. And I don't want you to hold them in your car. I don't want you to put them on your dash. 
I want you to give them to somebody. There's nothing like, over 80% of people say, even today, I would come to church if someone just said, just ask. There's a yes waiting for you if you'll just ask. Asking a neighbor, asking a coworker, asking a family member who may be far from God. Here's the other thing that I got to tell you about At the Movies. More people get saved in our church and at the movies than at any time else in the, in the whole year. More people give their hearts to Jesus. I present the gospel in the clearest, most compelling way every single Sunday. And here's what I always tell you every year at At the Movies. I'll do what you can't do if you'll do what I can't do. Our team will put together the most incredible, cinematic, excellent experience we possibly can. I'll preach the best I know how to to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to hurting people. I'll do what you can't do if you'll do what I can't do. And that's invite the people that God's put in your world. The the neighbors that you live next to, the coworkers that you're with every day behind a mask. Everybody in your family that that, you know are connected to a life-giving church. If you'll do that, we'll do our part. And together, I'm telling you, it's going to be the best season of the year. And if you get one of those invite cards, I don't know if you've got these. We've had these since we opened back up. But these are little wallet, or not wallet, what are they called? Like phone wallet, phones, talk louder. Phone wallet thingies, I think is the technical word, uh, I-E-S thingies that go on your, let me show you, they go on the back of your phone. Let me just show you, it's easier. Whatever that is. And you take your invite cards and you put them right in the back of your phone there. Don't put your credit cards because you know you, you're going to lose your phone and then you'll lose your credit cards too. But put your, put your invite cards there and then just invite. I'm telling you, these came in and Brandon and I have already. We started handing them out already, inviting people to at the movies. I'm going to fill up this church of people I'm bringing to at the movies. I would love for you to do that. Everybody at Church Online, listen to me. We can't stream that on Facebook and YouTube. We just can't do it. It's against the law. I ain't trying to go to federal penitentiary for y'all, okay? I love you. I don't love you that much. So get to church during at the movies. All right, everybody? When you leave today, grab some invite cards. All right. Come on, get your Bible in your hand. If you came to church with somebody you trust, wash their hands. Grab them by the hand. Let's ask God to speak to our hearts. Father, thank you for God's word. God, I believe you're going to speak to me today. Come on, I want you to have an open heart about today's message. Father, I open my heart today. I'm asking you to speak directly to me. Help me to leave here better, encouraged, strengthened, with my head lifted a little higher and better. God, I want to get closer to Jesus today. So I open God's word to do that. In Jesus' name, everybody shout a good amen. 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 Type a good amen if you're at church online today. Thank you, worship team. Don't you love our worship team, everybody? Come on, put your hands together for them. Thanks for leading us in worship. Some of y'all play and sing and all. You, you need to be here. You need to be here. I, did, I was about to rap right there, but I'm not going to do that to y'all. You need to be on stage and on the worship team too. I love them. We are in the second week. I'm calling it a three-and-a-half-part series. I'm going to preach it again next week. And then two weeks from now, just before At the Movies is our annual Vision Sunday, I'll wrap up this message series, but I'm actually bringing you vision, new vision that God is downloading into my heart about where we're headed as a church family, how you can be a part of uh, what God is doing here. We do that every November just before uh, we kick off At the Movies on November the 8th. Uh, But in the second part of this series, if you weren't here last week, you need to go back and watch that message and catch up. We're talking about connecting your 
work life, what I do Monday through Friday, Monday through Saturday, to my faith life. That if it doesn't work on, on Monday, then it really didn't work for you on Sunday. Amen, everybody? That Christianity isn't just meant to be something you do for an hour on Sunday with people that you only see once a week. It's meant to be something that transforms every area of your life. And it's meant to go with you through the week. And we said uh, last week, this is a purpose series. This is all about the calling God has in your life. If you weren't here, write these two or three points down. We said last week that work, the, the work that I have, the purpose of God in my life, the calling of God is from God. And we said it's for God. It comes from God. Everything I have. Look at, your, look at your spouse right in the eyes. Come on. Some of you haven't done that in a long time. Look at them right in their eyes. Some of you are like, girl, I didn't know you had blue eyes. Look at those. <laughs> look at them right in the eyes and say, you came from God. <laughs> I'm helping some of you. Some of you single dudes right now. This is a good way to start. You came from, this relationship's from God. This marriage is from God. This house is from God. Are you with me, everybody? Where our church is meeting is from God. Everything we have in life comes from God. And everything we have in life is for God. It's for God. Here's the theme verse that we said, this is how I know that. Romans 12 and 1 in the message says it like this. Here's what I want you to do, God, helping you take your whole life. Your everyday, ordinary, sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. In other words, every area of your life, take that area and place it before God as an everyone shout offering. It's an offering back to God. God, you gave me all of this, and then I'm living it in such a way that it's an offering to God. I'm embracing what God does for me, and the Bible said that's the best thing you can do for God. Is to present, uh, you'll probably remember it this way. I memorized the Bible mainly in the King James Version because I'm spiritual like that. Anyway, <laughs> in the King James, it says to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. It's the, it's, the, it's the most reasonable thing I can do because God gave me all of this is to give it back to God. Say amen to that. God wants every area of your life. I didn't put it on the screen, but write this in your notes. He wants you to be blessed. Now listen, let me pause here and just warn you. If you don't like blessing preaching, you're probably not going to like this church at all. But you're certainly not going to like today. There's some Christians that I've met, not y'all, but people who go to other churches, who, who believe that to be Christian, you're supposed to be depressed, down, poor mouth, always sad, never have enough, just barely making it. I don't, I, I don't deserve anything. There's some Christians who take a vow of poverty. Some of y'all think y'all are taking that. Some of you are looking at your husband like, that's your problem. You took a vow of poverty. <laughs> Joker, you need to get out of that. Some people think if it's not hurting, it's not faith. That if I'm not sad about it, it's not Christianity. And I, and I got to be honest, there's a time in your life when you realize not everything's going to be roses. Not everything's going to be okay. Not everything's going to be just right. But God wants your life to be blessed. Matter of fact, in the most famous sermon Jesus ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount... He said, blessed are, he said it over and over again, blessed are those that mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those. He wants you to live the blessed life. Say amen to that. That everything in your life is blessed. Even your Mondays. Even your Tuesdays. 
Even Thursday when you think, I'm never going to get to the weekend, ever. This is never going to work. Or or even in 2020, when uh, right now we are currently in month 97 of 2020. Right now, even when you think, I'm just, we're never going to get out of here. It's, I I still don't know if Christmas is really coming. It's just never, it's just never going to end. I don't want you to live that kind of moan day. I want you to live... A Monday that's dedicated to God, not dread and defeat. I want you to get up every day like the psalmist said. Psalms 118.24, David said, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be clad in it. Shout amen to that. You need, if you don't catch anything else, you need to write that on your bathroom mirror in soap or lipstick. If you're a dude, perfectly soap and not lipstick. You need to write, this is the day that God gave me. It's from God. And when I, when I view it as an offering to God, guess what I view as my offering? Joy. It's the day the Lord has made. It's from God. So here's what I'm going to give back to God. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad. It's joy that I give back to God. Are you with me, everybody? You are not doing God any favor by being mad all the time about your life, complaining and whining and and walking around like an old just like a I'm from the deep south, like a mule eating briars. You don't know what that means, but ask somebody after church. Just your mouth all poor mouth, hanging all down, and this is terrible, and this is awful. How's it going, brother? It's fine. It's okay. I, I mean, I, you know, I'm still here. I, I, I just, I about can't. My wife knows, especially as, uh, not, what was that? I got a string from my dead bling. Somebody tried to choke me on my staff just right there. My wife knows in church. Listen, I avoid people. Not y'all. They don't come. Uh, uh, now, but I I avoid. I do. I just, I love y'all way over there. You know what I'm saying? I love people like that because I know when I get around you, how's it going? Well, I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm still here. I mean, I, you know, we're fine. I guess we're we're fine. This is the day God gave us. I'm living in purpose today. I'm going to rejoice and have gladness in my heart. Shout a better amen than that. Elbow somebody that needs that. Come on, tell them this is for you today. Pastor's preaching to you. Every day of your life should be blessed by God. And a lot of times we misinterpret the blessing of God. Listen to me, watch me, with how much stuff we have. That if I get enough stuff, that's the equation of the blessing of God in my life. Back, I will, I think I'm going to teach. Back when... Back when the world was normal, uh, we, by the way, don't t- tell me about new normal. There is no such thing as new normal. <laughs> so back when the world was normal, we used to go to this place called Chuck E. Cheese. Are you with me, everybody? People got sick there too anyway. I mean, before COVID, people would get, I mean, you'd just get airborne, you know, what polio. I don't know what was in there, but I mean, it was, but we took our kids. Somehow we felt like they could live now, of course, everything's going to kill them. But we, we took them to Chuck E. Cheese. And my little girl especially loved Chuck E. Cheese because of the little tickets. You can go. If you've never been, you never had small kids. Uh, you can go and you play these dumb, pointless games. And you get these little tickets. And because I'm filthy rich, I would always give her $5 worth of games, which just is like, Three million dollars in Chuck E. Cheese dollars, 
and and we would go and anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm just preaching my stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And we would go and we would play these games. And 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 the longer we played, she would come back with these little tickets, and I started getting invested in the tickets. I'm like, baby, you you, you gotta have better strategy than that. Okay, that, I mean, this is a 10-ticket game. You came back with three. Daddy's going to need you to step this up a little bit. So my $5 investment turns into 10 and 15 and 20. And, and, and then and some, some little dumb kid leaves his tickets in the games. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And we, <laughs> and we started following around the dumb kids, getting their tickets. Oh, I'm back now. <laughs> and we would pile up our tickets. I wish I was lying to you. I'm not. <laughs> and we would pile up these tickets, and, 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 and then you could go to this little thing, and you just redeem them for these incredible prizes that make you so happy and fulfilled for the rest of your life. They're just the best. And we'd have 47 million tickets, and I just knew they were going to give us great things, and I was so excited. And before long, I'm bowling in that little, my favorite cookie cheese game is the little the little game, you know, with the little skeet ball, whatever that, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I'm throwing, I got strategy, I'm left-handing, I'm just all kinds of things. And we take them to get all these prizes that are going to change our lives because we have 47 million tickets. And tickets equal happiness. And it's silly when you're six, but when you're 46 and you have the same exact mindset, listen, the tickets are just green and they have dead presidents on them. And you start thinking, the more tickets I have, I can redeem them for happiness and fulfillment and satisfaction and purpose. And I'll fill in the gaps of my life with stuff that I bought on Amazon because them jokers deliver every day in my neighborhood. Every day in my neighborhood. I've started waving like thanks, good to see you today in my neighborhood. You understand what I'm telling you? And we convince ourselves, listen, that, that as you grow up, you, you think I need these tickets to be happy. And the problem with, listen, the problem with stuff, the problem with connecting in your mind that if I get more stuff is that it promises something it can't deliver. I never left Chuck E. Cheese with a good prize. I always left with trashy little things that we could never, I mean, it just didn't make it home. It was just a terrible little, yeah, but I had 47 million tickets, but it never equated to what I thought it was going to do for me. Even for my kids, it never really filled them up. And it promises you security and fulfillment and happiness, but only God, because God created it, and only God can give it to me. How can I go to anything else and expect my life to be fulfilled than the one that gave me everything in my life? Than the one that everything I get comes from, God. Are you there today? I feel like preaching myself right happy today. I'm going to preach my socks down today. God gave us all of this. How did I think I could find fulfillment outside of Him? Why did I think I could get more tickets, more stuff, more stacks, more, more money, more things, bigger houses? Why did I think that was possessions and money? Why did I think I could do that? And listen to me. Let me just be real up front. Possessions and stuff and money isn't evil. As a matter of fact, it comes from God. Like my work, like my calling, like my talents, like my family. It comes from God. The problem is 
The problem is when you serve and love what you have more than the one who gave you what you have. Matthew 6, 24. Write this in your notes. I'm going to try to calm down and teach it to you because Hal said teach today. Jesus said no one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other or you're devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, and then he just broke it down and said, what are you talking about, Jesus? You ever ask that? What are you talking about? Jesus, what are you trying to say? Okay, I'll tell you. You cannot serve both God and money. Underline those in your Bible. Very significant here. The Greek word translated money is mammon. Most theologians believe there was actually a Greek god that was being worshipped there of possessions and stuff and wealth and gold and things called mammon. And God just says, hey, just so you know, you can, Jesus says you can't serve God and, and all of this stuff. Not you can't have it, you can't serve it. I got to teach this to you. It's not that you can't have money and stuff and things and possessions and work hard and get blessing. You just can't serve the blessing and not the blessor. You can't get up on Monday thinking I'm working for this when I'm really working for him. You can't get up tomorrow. I'm telling you, you'll live your life depressed. The rest of you'll spend 30, 40 years in a profession never fully fulfilled if you get up thinking, I'm working for them instead of I'm working for Him. That God gave me this. God has purpose in my life. God gave this. There's only one, number one. You can't serve God and money. 1 Timothy 6.10 doesn't say that money is evil. It says the love of money. Serving what I have, serving what I have instead of where it came from is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people even craving more stuff have wandered from the true faith and they live their lives in sorrow. They live their lives in sorrow. Again, it's not that Monday through Friday, it's not the blessing of God on your life. I think it's God's will that every area of your life is blessed. It's that you realize I'm not living for the blessing. I'm living for the one who gave me the blessing. I'm, li- I'm using the blessing God gave me. It's from God and it's for God. God gave me all of this so that I could do something with it. Are you still there? Shout amen. At church online, I need you to type big amens. I need to hear from you. I need to hear you little clack, 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 clack. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm with you today. Let me give you three things because I got to teach you. How said teach. When you teach, you give three points. We'll give you three things about people who love and trust things and not God. Listen, love and trust things, money, possessions, jobs, houses, cars, and not God. Three, three things that happen to them. Number one, they never have enough. Write that in your notes. If you're not taking notes, write it in your notes anyway. They never have enough. People who love and trust money never have enough. It's a moving target, really. If, if you put all your trust in the stuff, it's never going to be enough. I'm, I'm rapping today and y'all not with me on this. I need, I'm, I, got a, I got a freestyle spirit on me right now. It's, <laughs> it's never enough. I read recently about someone who had dinner with a billionaire. That's a B, billionaire. And they were talking, it was a pastor, honestly, who sat down and, and, and they were reviewing the discussion afterwards. And 
And this billionaire talking to this pastor was telling him about the uncertainty in their lives, how anything could happen in the market, and they were worried in, in the election and all this. And let me tell you something that taught me. If, the, if a billionaire is worried about it, I, listen, I got no hope in this. Are you with me, everybody? In other words, it doesn't matter how much you have, it's never enough. It's never enough. Ecclesiastes 5 and 10, the wisest man who ever lived said it like this. Whoever loves money, Ecclesiastes 5 and 10, whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves what you've got never has enough of what you got. If you get up every day living for more tickets, it's never going to be enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with what I do have, with the income that God has given me. You know the quickest way to be disappointed in God's blessing in your life is to never be satisfied, to, to decide to worship that, serve that thing. It will rob you of satisfaction on Monday if you never have enough. Are you with me? It's, it's, a, it's a moving target. If you live in an apartment, you want a house. If you live in a house, you want a house with a gate. If you live in a house with a gate, you want a gate with a guard. If you live in a house with a gate with a guard, the guard want bigger walls. If you live in a house with a gate with a guard with bigger walls, you want acreage. If you live in a house with a gate with a guard and acreage, you want horses. It's just never enough. If you don't walk into that apartment today and say, this is from God and it's for God, it's never enough. It never stops. And, 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 you, and you think in your mind, people who love and serve money, that when you cross some fictional line, if I could ever make this much money, then, then I would be set. Guess what happens? You cross the line and it doesn't do what it promised you it would do. It still doesn't give you satisfaction. It moved away and there's another line. And now you got more tickets and still no peace. More stuff and no fulfillment. Are, am I okay today? Are you all right today? People who love and trust money never have enough. Number two, write this down. People, people who love and trust money and things have money in the bank, but they don't have peace in their hearts. You may have money in the bank, but not peace in your heart. People who trust in things, people who get up on Monday thinking I'm working for that instead of I'm working for God. People who get up on Tuesday complaining about what I don't have. You, you may have money in the bank. Proverbs 15, 16 says, Better is a little... With the fear of the Lord than to have great wealth with turmoil. Here's the wise man again. Better to have a little with the fear of the Lord than to have great wealth and turmoil. Here's what this, if I, can I give you my version? I didn't translate the Bible, but if I did, you know what I would translate Proverbs 15, 16? Look at me. It's better to drive a Pinto with peace than a Mercedes with misery. Come on, somebody. It's better to drive a Ford Pinto paid for with rust on the one side of it. You know what I'm trying to say there? With the wobbly wheels, you can't really figure out why it's still wobbling like it is. Than it is to have a Mercedes with a $900 a month payment that you can't pay and you're living in misery. That you may have money in the bank. You may have stuff. But oftentimes it doesn't equate to peace in your heart. It's better to have a 12-inch black and white tube television. Y'all don't know nothing about that, but it used to sit on the floor in Mama and Daddy's house. We used to have a TV set. You with me? Nothing hung on the wall. Come on, somebody. The only thing hung on the wall was home interior. I wish y'all grew up where I grew up. On the floor was the TV set. Are y'all with me on that? 
It's better to still have that than it is to have an 88-inch LED curved smart 4K Ultra TV and have so much anxiety you don't know what to do. You can't get up on Sunday morning and serve because you're crushed by what you live Monday through Friday because you had to have more stuff, more tickets, more things, and it didn't equal fulfillment in your life. Shout amen to that. It's better to have one pair of flip-flops than a hundred pair of shoes and feel hopeless. I had to offend everybody. You know what I mean? I got TVs and shoes and just everybody. You can consume everything you have. You can have toys and the look and the income and the house and still be stressed because you've been tricked into believing that all this stuff gives me what God designed me for. And in in American culture, we have convinced ourselves the more stuff, the more peace. And oftentimes, people who love and trust money and things have money in the bank and no peace in their heart. Number three, people who love and trust in money find it increasingly difficult to give big. Studies consistently, year after year, decade after decade, say that the most generous people come from the poorest zip codes in America. That most charitable contributions in America come from the bottom 50% of wage earners in America. Why is that? Because people who don't love and trust in money can give big. People who do find it increasingly difficult to give big. Let me say it better this way. When you realize everything I got came from God anyway, you're, you're more apt to give it back to God anyway. Because I realize God gave me this. This is a blessing from God. Second Corinthians, Paul says about the church at Corinth, he says, out of the most severe trial, 2 Corinthians 8 and 2, their overflowing joy, listen, and their extreme poverty welled up in generosity. In other words, it was amazing what happened. The poorest church gave the most. Why? Because I realize it came from God. Even in their poverty, they were generous. But oftentimes, it's those of us who have and are rich and have the ability to give most. We struggle because we feel like we don't have enough. It's amazing that people believe the tension that, that I, if, I, if I just had more, I would give more. Hang on just a second, Ken. I'm going to teach a little bit longer. I know they sent you to play the funeral music, but I'm not near about done. The people who want, <laughs> that's not his fault, it's mine. The people who, the people who want to give more, listen, most of the time have less. Because people who love and trust and serve in money and possessions and things feel like I can't give big enough. And they live this tension. Perhaps you've heard this tension in the tithing. Maybe you grew up in church and you've heard that 10% belongs to God. That you return your tithe to God through the local church. And you've told yourself, I think that's right. I think that's biblical. I think I've heard somebody say that. I love the Bible. I love the church. I love what it's all about. But when I think about giving 10% of my income back to God, I don't know if I can make it. Why? Because I trust the 100% I have instead of trusting God who gave me the 100% I have to bless the 90% I have left over. That's better than you, amen. But I got to teach it to you because I want you to live a blessed life Monday through Friday. I got to get you connected that you were made to live in the blessing of God. And the only way to do that is to realize God created me. God's a creator who created me to create. God's a giver who gave me to give. 
I'll say it again. Write it in your notes. If God's a creator who created me to create, I told you that last week, God's a giver who gave so that I can give. God bless every area of my life. Maybe you've seen somebody and you think, man, I really want to help them. I really want to sow into them. I, re- I want to help them buy a new car. I want to help them get out of it. I want to help them with a student loan. I want to help them with this. But you can't do that. Why? Because I love and trust and stuff so much that I find it hard to give big. Are you still there? Let me give you the flip side. i got to teach you the other way. What happens when you love and trust in God and not your stuff? Okay, so I gave you three things that happens when you love and trust in your stuff and not God who gave you my things. What happens if you live your life like I want you to live your life, loving and trusting God who gave me this job and gave me this house and gave us these cars and gave us this family and gave us these abilities? What happens? Proverbs 3 and 9 says it like this, to honor the Lord with your stuff. That it can be worship. Listen to me. That your work is worship. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And the best part of everything that you produce. People who put their trust in God instead of money. Number one, write this down. People who put their trust in God instead of their money. Honor God with our money. Write that down. We honor God with our money. And it starts... With your tithing. That's the ground floor of honoring God with everything that I've got. It starts in recognizing that the tithe comes from God. Tithing, write this in your notes, is a test. Tithing is a test. Tithing is not for God. Look into my eyes. He doesn't need your money. Tithing is a test that can I trust God by putting God first in my life and returning. The, there's so much misconceptions. There's a lot of new people in church and maybe you've heard a lot of different teaching. Let me just tell you what God's word says. Not my opinion, not what this church believes. Let me tell you what God says. Leviticus 27 and 30. First time you see tithing in God's word. The Bible says it like this. A tithe of everything of the land, whether from grain, from the soil, or fruit from the trees, read this, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. I didn't say that. Your Bible says the first tithing literally means a tenth. It literally means the first tenth. Not the remaining tenth. The first tenth of everything that I have belongs to God. So, So let me tell you this way. I grew up saying I pay my tithes. Look in my eyes. You pay the light bill. You pay your cable bill. You don't pay your tithes. You return what God already has. It belongs to God. I'm just giving it back to Him. I'm returning what was God's all along back to God. Everything comes from God and everything is for God. Are you still there? Say amen. God said, I'm going to pour out everything on you. I'm going to pour out the blessing of the Lord on you. But it's, it's from God and it belongs to God. And listen, it's holy to God. This is where it gets spiritual. That you wake up on Monday morning realizing what I'm worth, the $15 an hour, the $30,000 salary that I have, the, the, the money that I make from this company, the money that I make from the school district, the, the commission I made on this deal, the, 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 fight, the house that I have, the cars that I the stuff that I have from God. Listen, the first 10% of it 
is holy to God. And if you want the blessed, if you want to connect your work to your worship, you need the holiness of God. And the only way to get it in your money is the time. It's deciding, God, this is yours and it's holy. And I'm not going to take what's holy and defile it at buying more popcorn. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to take what's holy to God and spend it. I'm not going to take the tickets I have thinking I'm going to go buy little trinkets that make my life more fulfilled. If I'll give it back to God, it's holy anyway. I'll realize on Tuesday when I wake up, this is a spiritual thing I'm doing today. Come on, look at my eyes. Direct deposit is spiritual. Come on, somebody. Y'all know you feel spiritual on Friday when it hits that bank account. It feels spiritual. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that it came in this week. You know why? Because God gave all of that to you. And you'll get the same feeling of fulfillment and satisfaction when you give that 10% back to God. You return the tithing back to God. It feels holy. Why? Because everything came from God. And God, I'm returning my whole life as an offering back to God. Shout amen to that, everybody. Now, I got to go. I got I to gotta, I gotta go. I got to hurry. But listen. Tithing is just the floor. The Bible didn't say to just honor the Lord with your 10%. It said to honor the Lord with your wealth. If I let you borrow my car, I would prefer you take care of 100% of it and not just 10% of it. I would, return, I, I would appreciate you return 100% of my car back to me, not just 10% of my car back to me. God wants you to honor the Lord with everything that you've got. Everything that you've got. Deuteronomy says it like this. You don't have to wonder what the Bible thinks about tithing, Deuteronomy 14, 23. It says the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. That's the purpose of tithing. It's honoring God with your wealth. I got to skip. I got to hurry. Number two, people who love, in, who love God and trust God and not money and things, not only do they honor the Lord with their money, but they practice strategic generosity. They practice strategic generosity. 2 Corinthians 9 says it like this. Each man should give in his heart what he has. Everyone say decided. Everyone say decided. You don't give under compulsion. You don't give reluctantly. God loves people who are happy to be strategic and decided what to give. If you look at my budget, I'm telling you, you're not going to. But if you were to look at my budget, you would see the way Brandy and I give. The first 10% belongs to God. It's the first thing that, it's the first thing that comes into our account, and it's the first thing that leaves our account. Before I pay anything else, the mortgage, the food, anything else, it's the first thing that comes out. God is first in my life. He gets the first 10%. Then we get to be strategic. Then we get to decide how do we give more. In the legacy offering that's coming up in the end of December, how are we strategically going to be generous with God's house? How do we, we strategically invest in missionaries? We strategically say, God, put this on my heart. At the, countless times in the last 20 years of marriage, she's come to me and said, honey, God told me strategically to give to this, to sow into that, to give to that person, to encourage them. I, I'm going to be intentional and prayerful about what I've given. I'm going to give. We are strategic about what we want. Why can't we be strategic about what we give? Let me teach you. I know he's playing the slow music, but let me teach you. <laughs> I have met people countless times who wanted a house so bad. Scott, you know this. If I can just borrow the down payment from my grandparents and then, and then I get a raise, 
and then if I get a tax refund, and then I get low enough interest, and they negotiate with me, and I stand on my right foot just like this, then I can get this house. (laughs) I mean, we'll get strategic when we want something. What if you were that strategic about giving something? What if you made a plan and decided, I'm going to be strategic and being generous. People, because God gave me all of this. It's from God, and it's for God. Here's the third thing. People who love God instead of stuff live with a generous perspective. Live with generous lives. He, Proverbs 22 and 9 says, He who has a generous eye will be blessed. He who has a generous eye. Pastor, why, why do you preach this way? every year. Let me tell you why I preach this way because I want you to be blessed. I would rob you of the blessing of God. I would be a bad pastor if I didn't often bring to you the biblical principle of generosity, the biblical principle of tithing, the biblical principle of having a generous eye because I want your life blessed. I want you to be fulfilled, satisfied, having a generous eye. First Timothy, Paul says it like this. Command those who are rich. First Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich to do good. To be rich in good deeds. And to be generous and willing to share. And in doing, which is what I'm doing. Paul is commanding Timothy, a young pastor. This is what I want you to preach. That's why I preach it to you every year. Because I'm commanded to preach those who are rich, bless us, to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, you lay up treasures in heaven as a firm foundation for the coming age. So not only do you lay up treasures in heaven, listen close, but you take hold of life on earth. True life, the Bible said. Life that is truly life. In other words, Not chasing Monday through Friday, more stuff, bigger house, more tickets, more stacks, more things. Life, fulfillment, knowing your life made a difference. Remember, God doesn't want anything from you. God wants something for you. Let me tell you that again. God doesn't want anything from you, and I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. I want you to get up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday living the blessed life, realizing God gave me this stuff, not begrudgingly, not with your head down, but walking into your office, walking into your classroom, walking into that home office that you're working out of now, walking into that bank or that dealership or wherever it is you work, walking into that real estate deal and saying, God gave me this. How could I give it back to God? God blessed me. Not just Sunday. I know it's easy in this room to raise your hands and say thank you for all your blessings but I want you to do it on Tuesday and on Thursday I want you Friday to walk out of the office and say God everything I did this week is for you it's for you came from God and it's for God here's how I know God wants something for you because 2,000 years ago he sent his one and only son into the world the Bible says for God so loved the world that he 
That's God's plan for you. That's how you wake up tomorrow with purpose. Because you were created by a creator to create. And, and you've been given by a giver to give. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. I'll give you a chance to receive that today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Church online, every person praying. I'm going to pray a little different today because I want to pray the blessing of God, but it's connected to the choices of your life. So I'm going to ask you, with no one looking around, if that's you, if you say, man, I need need to connect this better in my head. I I thought it was about what I could do and how much I had. I struggle with, 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 with serving stuff instead of instead of serving the God who gave me all of it. I struggle with the blessing instead of the blessor. I I, I struggle with a life that is constantly looking for more instead of a life that's grateful for what I have. Just include me in this prayer, Pastor. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. No shame in that. No shame in that. Thank you. I see hands. I see hands. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Church, God bless you. Thank you. Church online. Father, I pray for everybody in church today, wherever they're joining us, however they're joining us. God, you're a giver. You gave your only begotten son, Jesus, that I could have everlasting life. Father, giving is who you are. You gave us life. You gave us hope. You gave us Jesus to pay for our sin. You gave us the resurrection to open the door for heaven. And so today I give back to you. Come on, pray this way. I give back to you my whole life. I return every area of my life, like Romans says, my my normal walking around every day kind of life. I give it back to God. God, help me to put you first in my finances, in my time, with my energy, in my job. God, God, I pray for blessing but not just so I can have more, but so I can do more. God, I want to be blessed to be a blessing. God, I pray for this church collectively, every family who belongs at this church. God, I pray for a spirit of blessing on them that we recognize as a church family. Everything we have comes from God and is for God. We'll use a movie theater. We'll use an elementary school. We'll use a hotel conference center. And we'll use whatever you send us next for the glory of God. To reach people who are far from God, that they come to know you. Find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference with their lives. God, we'll leverage everything we have, every dollar that we have, every room that we're in, every volunteer and dream teamer that you give us, every talent that we have. We'll leverage everything we have for the sake of the gospel. It's from God and it's for God. Father, I pray blessing on these people. I pray blessing on this church. God, let us live abundant lives, true lives, being rich in good deeds, commanding those that are rich to be generous, generous with my whole life. God, I thank you today. God, I'm going to get up tomorrow. Come on, pray this way. I'm going to get up tomorrow with a thankful heart, looking for ways to be a blessing, looking at my life differently through the eyes of blessing. I've been blessed. God, you've given me so much, and I'm going to return back to you. It's holy. It belongs to you. It's from you.
and it's for God. In Jesus' mighty, holy, righteous, matchless name, and everyone shout a big amen. Amen, amen, amen.